Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Body Mechanic Podcast with Rob Arnold from Chrysalis Fitness Training. This time, we're going to look at how Rob uses your medical history to aid him and you while he coaches you to be in the best physical shape you can be in. Rob also talks about nutrition and the importance of food in your health fitness goals. If you want to know more about Rob's mind, body and spirit approach to fitness coaching, then why not email him at rob at chrysalis-fitness.com or check out his website www.chrysalis-fitness.com So let's hear from Rob. So previously we've talked about the goals that people would have and what they would they would like you to do for them and how you would like to coach them and what the end results would be. What about the health assessments? The you know what what's happened to be their, their health history for the want of a better phrase. There's a questionnaire which I give give out. It's it's a health questionnaire, but it, it's looking at a little bit more than what a, a normal gym would say. In, in a normal gym or normal personal training, you get a thing called a parku. Now I give out a parku as well because it's what, what's that? Explain a, a parku. It's a physical activity readiness questionnaire. It's basically a few quick questions to see whether you need to speak to your doctor first before doing intense exercise or any kind of exercise. I uh, I, I did my personal training diploma with referred populations. Uh, I, I did it with a GP referral, so I can work with people with diabetes and hypercholesterolemia and a whole host of other issues that they might get to refer to. Anything that sounds scary, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The questionnaire I give out, it, it goes back into medical history, but not just like recent, it goes back to childhood because the thing is any injury from childhood can manifest itself later in life somewhere else and that, that could be an issue. Like I said before, you've got messages going around the body all the time and everything's connected. So that that's why we look at it. Um, so I'll, I'll ask for like daily stress levels, or what, what kind of activity they're up to, how active they are because when I mentioned about stress, that's going to affect uh, brain activity and it's also going to affect um, movement activity as well. We look at uh, in their past injury history, like I said, back to being a child as well and, and areas of previous muscle strain. So just because you've had a strain in a certain area doesn't mean that that was the cause. There could be a weakness elsewhere or an imbalance elsewhere that's caused that area to fail. So that can be a symptom. Looking at things from childhood, for example, what what kind of injuries that you could have had as a child would then manifest themselves later in life? Broken bones, teeth out, cuts, scratches. So no, not, anything that yeah, could have happened to you, yeah, basically. So if it's left a scar, that can affect. Or anything that, that can affect you, even mentally. So um, there's a doctor, he's Canadian-Hungarian, uh, I think, called Dr. Gabor Mate. He's on YouTube, he's, he's really interesting. And he believes that all addictions stem from childhood trauma, but you might not be aware of the trauma. So it could be something such as being being a baby, and just being left in the room for a minute while your mom goes to get a cup of tea. That can elicit a trauma, but you wouldn't know about it because it, it's in your subconscious. But when we're looking at uh, injury history, anything that, that could elicit some kind of trauma could, might affect you. So even playing football, having, having a boot somewhere, some so me as a as a not so much a kid a teenager I jumped off a swing and I, I managed to move my collarbone so I don't know if you can see my, 
my right shoulder sticks forward a little bit more than the left and my collarbone sticks out slightly. I'm, I'm having a look at him now and he looks absolutely fine to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I, but I do believe you. Yeah. So that gives me dysfunction on my right shoulder and upper back. And that's something from your childhood when yeah. you were a teenager, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's why we go back to childhood. And even stuff to do with dental, I mean, I ask about dental stuff in there. Because Yeah, I was interested when you said dental because I'm thinking dental. <laughs> yeah, so having teeth out might affect it. But what you've got is if you put your fingers on either side of your jaw, you can feel a little indent and that's it's your, your joint. It's the temporal man- mandibular joint. It's t- we call it TMJ. Now, evolutionary speaking, that was one of the first things to evolve. So this is where your jawbone connects to the rest of your skull? Yeah. Mm. So what happens there is because that's so closely linked with your brain and your spine because it was one of the first things to evolve. That can have a massive effect on dysfunction elsewhere. It's back to the thing we've talked about before on this podcast, on these podcasts, is that everything is interconnected regardless of how small or how far away in the body it is from the other part. Yeah. Uh, The chances are it'll have an effect. I assume it's it's a little bit about something that I always think about was I was bitten by a dog when I was quite young, okay. when I was about eight years old. It's always made me a little bit nervous around dogs, even dogs I know. And I suppose that's the same sort of principle, although it's a psychological thing, the same sort of principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got any scars from that as well? I did have until I had my wrist fused um, and, and now that a scar now is underneath another scar. But I had, had that scar until I had my wrist operation about seven years ago, that scar was still visible. So one, one thing about the nervous system is it never forgets. So that's why people get phantom limb pain. And because it never forgets, you can treat it. So even phantom limb pain, for instance, can be treated by working with the brain. So so this this medical history questionnaire that you, you ask people to fill in is really important yeah. to where their issue may originally arise from. And will help you diagnose, for the want of a better word, but help you to treat that particular problem, but from every angle, whether it's psychological, yeah. physical. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can't diagnose. I need only doctors can diagnose. What I can treat is what I find by filling out the the answers as thoroughly as you can, and, and by me finding out as much as I can about your medical history. It can make the process a lot quicker because I can kind of focus in on well, maybe that's that, and then then I can focus my assessments on, on that, that area instead. So what, what are the things in the, in the historical, or should I say in the uh, medical questions would you be asking other than historical things? So things like head injuries and, and concussion. So I know you used to play American football. Yeah, I did, yeah. The, the thing with the head, head injury and especially a concussion is it talks the, uh, the spinal cord and you've got your brain and then underneath that you've got the midbrain. And uh, if you get trauma to that, that has a massive effect on other things around the body that could lay dormant as well. You might get that head trauma, but then it might, again, it could manifest itself a little bit later in life. I, I, do, I do blame my, my brief 10-year period in American football. I blame it for almost every problem that I have now physically. And I certainly know that playing that game, and I know rugby players have a similar issue, is that you take an awful lot of punishment, um, even though you're wearing the the crash helmet and the shoulder pads. Often, they add to the problem because it's hard surfaces, and of course that that creates more of a shock. Although it's protecting your the, the the tissue, it's not necessarily not causing a problem underneath all that. 
Yeah, the other thing with head injuries is it can cause small lesions. Now, that's not necessarily going to make you ill or, or like give you brain damage. But by having a lesion, that, that can affect how messages get sent. So, And that's where you can get dysfunction because instead of the neurons taking the easiest path for the best option, they might have to find a way around it. Is this a bit like the talking about footballers who have dementia in later life? They've headed the ball so many times that these that, that has caused brain problems. Um, yeah, yeah, quite quite similar. So it doesn't have to be a big impact. It just needs to be a constant thing. Yeah, if you've had like a, a major head injury, then that's something to flag up, really. But then other surgeries as well. So wherever you get scar tissue, that's going to affect how messages are sent. So there's a, there's a thing called current of injury. So you've got to think we're a bio battery. So we're, we're chemical electrical. That's how messages get sent around our body. So where, where you've got scar tissue, you'll have electricity moving around at a certain current and that'll, it'll affect the current and it'll affect the voltage and that'll affect how the cells around the area vibrate or, or resonate and everything resonates to a certain frequency. Uh, the earth resonates at a I can't remember what the frequency is, but it's called the, the Schumann resonance. And for us, that's what's it's what's natural. If for our healthiest, we should resonate to that. And then we've got lots of other things around, so artificial light, artificial uh, not artificial electricity, but electricity from artificial things coming in. The food we eat that that all affects the resonance of our cells. And then where you get the scar tissue, that can slow down or speed up the movement of of the current, and that can elicit an effect either where it is or that can be the cause and the symptom can be elsewhere on the body. I'm sort of using myself as a guinea pig here because I'm thinking of my own personal life experiences and obviously the American football is one thing. When I was eight years old, uh, uh, we were involved in a car accident on holiday and I had 13 stitches across the top of one eye. Now, that's always been a, the scar's still there. If, if, if people, if you could look close enough, you can see it. If I knock it accidentally, it will still tingle, even after all this time, and that's whatever it is, 50, 52 odd years ago. Is that the same sort of thing? Yeah. So that there's certain ways to see if it's affecting elsewhere. Some people would say it's affected me quite badly all my life, but anyway, yeah. that's another story. But um, because you've got sensation there, it, it's, a, it's a thing called interoception. So because you can feel it, you get a tingle. Because you because you can feel a tingle, because because you you're getting some response from it, it's still active. Like I say, I, I like to try and use myself as a guinea pig in these things because it helps me to understand it. And hopefully, it helps you as a listener to understand it a bit more as well. Um, because I think everybody's broken a limb or cut themselves when they were a child or at some point in their lives. Um, so what other what other sort of um, medical things do you ask? I mean, for example. People have chronic conditions. So, for example, I'm an asthmatic. Again, using myself as a guinea pig. You know, is that the kind of thing you need to know about to, and so on? Yeah. Uh, so, excuse me, I ask um, if people have got autoimmune conditions or any, any long-term diseases. What would an autoimmune condition be for a layman? So, something like diabetes. It, it's, it's where you've got a condition where the body attacks itself. Right, I've got you. So, things like lupus. Lupus. Uh, is it a bit like allergies where, where the, they think the bodies think it's being attacked yeah, and there's an yeah. over and the, the antibodies create the, the swelling and all the other things that happen when you've got allergies? It, it, it's similar, but allergies as well, that, yeah. So that's that, an autoimmune that, response as yeah. well. Yeah, so uh, for instance, myself, I, I've got gut issues at the minute 
because I've got gut issues, I get, if I eat the wrong thing, I get a histamine response. So I have to take antihistamines. I have to do that with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously you're looking at diabetes and um, what, are, what other things have you got on, on your list of things that you like to know about? So um, we look at uh, other symptoms of, of diabetes that might not be diabetes uh, because insulin, again, that's a hormone. So that's going to be affected by hormone release in certain glands. But we're looking at whether you're resistant to, to uh, sugars or if you get fatigued or if you feel hyper after sugars. And everything leads into different avenues. It's like having a corridor with lots of different doors and you could have answers uh, on the doors and you open the door, there could be another room. Or you could have lots of answers and you open the door and there's a room with all the, all the other doors connected to it, if that makes sense. So you could use lots of doors to get into the same room. Yeah. We could use one door to get into a single room and yeah. other doors, different different areas. Uh, by, by using it that way, it gives more of an idea of where to look. And if if uh, if you've got a lot, lot more answers that are relative to a certain thing, we can look at it and... It can be do. It, it can be do to do with um, again a lot, a lot to do with the gut, but also a lot to do with uh, the limbic system and emotional memory and other other things that that are going to lead to different dysfunction elsewhere. And do you also look at diet and 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 the way that they're what they're putting into their bodies? Kind of. I don't look at diet. I look at nutrition because everybody's on a diet. It's just what you eat. Nutrition is different. And again, do, do you think diet has negative connotations? Which is why yeah, you use that. I, I do. I do. But also the way we look at nutrition. So it's so I can look at what people are eating because you can eat certain foods to get better effects. If that makes sense. So like take a beetroot for instance. I might suggest someone starts eat, eating beetroot because it has high high level of nitrates and that gets oxygen around your, your system easier. Or it might be that they're eating they're eating something which is going to affect their immunity. Not 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 so much as it escape the mill, but it affects the immunity so they might get tightness somewhere. Or th- there's different foods you can eat to help different kinds of situations, if that makes sense. And and then for, from there. I won't tell people you've got to eat this. I'll give them advice. Everyone's an adult that I work with, so I'm not going to tell them what they can and can't eat. It's it's their choice. But is is the food recommendations that you would use, if if that's the right phrase, is that also to do with their end goal and where they're trying to put themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, certain things like um, there's a thing called natural eggshell membrane. Have you heard of it? Never heard of it in my life before. Okay. <laughs> Please explain. So natural eggshell membrane. Funnily enough, it's a membrane that comes from eggshells. So, you know, when you have a boiled egg and you, you crack it and there's that membrane that you get in there, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. So, have you heard of glucosamine and chondroitin? Uh, not this week, no. Okay, so <laughs> glucosamine and chondroitin, they're readily available in supermarkets and they're there as a joint supplement. So, what, um, what eggshell membrane does, it contains them, but it also contains a lot of other things uh, like collagen, and uh, elastin, which is a, a hormone. And in America and Canada, I believe, they, they use natural eggshell membrane as a, as a supplement for arthritis sufferers. It, it has a massive pain-relieving um, effect. And also, I'm not, 
I'm not 100% sure because it's been a while since I looked at the research, but there was research about it, rebuilding cartilage. Okay, so 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 that could be very useful for people who have injuries and uh, yeah, so sports th- injuries or, 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 as you say, just old age. Yeah, things like that and, and um, omega-3 fish oil. Things like I might recommend putting that into your diet just as a way to, to help you for a certain thing. Stuff like that is food. It's it's not it's not a drug. So all, all you're doing is just putting food in yourself. And that's where it's nutrition, not diet. Okay, so it's getting nutrients in. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And I can see the difference between nutrition and diet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So say someone comes to you and they say, Okay, I'm a vegetarian. Is there alternatives that you can recommend that are not things like fish oil, for example, where yeah. they wouldn't eat that or, or, you know, other, other animal products, which, which obviously have health benefits, but that person ethically wouldn't want to eat or, or just for whatever reason. Yeah. So uh, it, certain things that, that I, I can find solutions for or recommend, um, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. So if it's out of my scope or out of my knowledge base, I'll refer them to go and speak to someone else because I'm not going to rip them off with duff information because anyone can make stuff up. Are there alternatives? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so like the fish oil, you can look at things like plankton. So fish get their nutrients from plankton and seaweed and things like that. There's a there's a thing called spirulina. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. Uh, do you know? I think I've heard the name, but I don't. I can't it, think. Uh, what it's, it is. it's also used as a green as a green dye, but it's basically pond. But it was used by the Aztecs before they went to war. Uh, it, it's high in pro- it's, I think six, it's a plant. It's sixty percent protein. It's full of omega three as well. So there are. It, it just tastes like pond as well. That's the only problem. But but there are alternatives. There are alternatives to things. Oh right, okay. And and you would obviously if if someone came to you and they were, for example, a vegetarian or a vegan, you'd be able to help them with the various alternatives that that they would, or you'd be able to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Should I, yeah. Say, should I say? Thanks for listening to the Body Mechanic Podcast with Rob Arnold from Chrysalis Fitness Training. If you'd like to hear more from Rob or don't want to miss the next episode, then please like, review, subscribe or follow us. Rob can be contacted at rob at chrysalis-fitness.com or you can check out his website at www.chrysalisfitness.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more from Rob. So until then, stay safe. This is a 1386 audio production.